You are listening to the Why I Love Disney podcast. In this episode, we discuss the latest Disney news, including the opening of the Disney film Call of the Wild. We also get an update on David's year of Disney challenge. Are you ready? Let's go. I don't think I'm exaggerating. I looked around because I knew I was going to be doing this podcast to talk about this later, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't being extreme or hyper, <laughs> hyper, using hyperbole. Mm-hmm. 70% of the people in there had were probably over the age of 60. Wow. It was an old, I mean, an old crowd. There were people coming in with walkers. There were old <laughs> uh, people helping old lady. I'm, I'm not joking. Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm David. And we are here to talk about all things Disney, things that happened this week, maybe things that happened a long time ago, maybe things that are going to happen. But we're super excited that you're here with us today. David, have you had a good week? I've had a great week. How about awesome. you, Dustin? Man, it's been great. I got a, got away for a couple of days to Asheville, North Carolina. Ah, um, I had n- great town. no Disney um, experiences there that I can remember, <laughs> um, but it was a good week nonetheless. I ate some great food. It's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful, it was snowed on us too while we were there. So oh, we had a, a day better. or two of snow in the mountains there in Asheville and the an amount of really good restaurants per capita for the, a town that size is really kind of amazing. We had, yeah. a, had a really good time. Saw the movie Knives Out when we were out there too. Not a Disney movie, but very good. Kind yeah. of a whodunit kind of kind of thing that was fun but yeah good how about you anything interesting happened this week uh, a very normal week just uh trying to keep up uh with the family and getting things done and trying to watch as much disney as i can i hear you how's how's the year disney challenge going we have an update this week uh it's still moving it's still moving i'm glad to be in the 1930s finally uh, I've, 1930s. I've moved from the 20s to the 30s and uh still working my way through a lot of uh black and white mickey mouse shorts and the silly i'm, I'm in the silly symphonies now as well. I'm watching everything chronologically, so uh, just following through. And uh, But I'm about to be in color soon, so... You get to Snow White here in a little bit? Uh, not for about six more years. Six more years. <laughs> That's a lot of Disney stuff, man. It's amazing how much how, how much stuff there is. So yeah. We'll talk a little more about that a little, a little later. Um, so let's get to right to the Disney news. And I really, okay. I really like... I'm excited about this episode because the probably the biggest Disney news this week is the opening of Call of the Wild, which we've referenced on the on the podcast before. Since we've had this podcast going, we've had a, a Disney opening. Yes. An opening weekend for a Disney movie. And actually, we both saw the movie. Yes. So we come into it this weekend with a little bit of knowledge. We don't want to spoil it for everybody because it's opening weekend, that right. kind of thing. But first, the Disney that came out, um, I think it exceeded expectations at the box office. I think $24.8 million. Um, doesn't get it to number one movie. Sonic still has that. But I think it surpassed expectations of what they, they were hoping to kind of bring in the first weekend. Okay. I I think it overseas it did more and it brought in about forty million dollars worldwide. Okay, that's um, cool. Which is a really good opening for for them and what they what they thought. Um, hey, when you went to see it, were, were there many people in the it theater? Was packed. I went. I went actually on a Sunday afternoon. Okay, matinee, um, and it was it wasn't sold out, but it was close. It was really close. I um, went on Friday night at seven o'clock. Now was that was that opening day? Friday, Friday was, uh, Friday was opening. Uh, I think there were about five or six people in the really? theater. I was really surprised. Interesting. It was that that was that small of a crowd, um, but you know, it you were in a packed crowd on Sunday afternoon. So. Yeah, packed out. I'll tell you something that was interesting. 
So here was my first observation when I walked in. I went with my 11-year-old son, two of mm-hmm. us went, and um, we go sit down. And I look, I look, we're there a little bit early. There's, you know, previews. I look around and my 11-year-old son was probably one of five kids wow. in the whole theater. First observation. Second observation was, I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'm exaggerating. I looked around because I knew I was going to be doing this podcast to talk about this later. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't being extreme or (laughs) using hyperbole. Mm -hmm. 70% of the people in there had, were probably over the age of 60. Wow. It was an old, I mean, an old crowd. There were people coming in with walkers. There were old (laughs) people helping old lady. I'm I'm not joking. Down on our aisle, there was an old lady that was helped in and I, I turned around to look and it was an elderly crowd. I mean, 70% of the crowd was elderly and it was, I, I was so kind of for a Disney movie on opening weekend, just kind of not ready for that. But then okay. I started to think, man, oh, does this have to do with the story and just kind of being such a classic and, and 1903. And so it's a, it's a hundred years old. The story, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's, it's, it's over a hundred years old. And, and, but I was not expecting that at all. Um, I wondered the demographic. I would, I'd love to see some sort of story or report on the demographics of the movie. Oh, that's interesting. You know, one of the things I, I read uh, several reviews and uh, was really surprised uh, how many of the the reviewers, who I would assume were probably people in their 30s and 40s, how many seem to have read the book mm. and they're comparing the movie to the book. And that really surprised me. Like, that have that many people read this read this book. I mean, it's been around, everybody knows it. You yeah. may, you may have had to read it in school, but right. the, a lot of the, the, a lot of the reviews that I read were written by people who seem very passionate about the book. Hmm. And so you were like, Hmm, I didn't know. So many people I didn't had know such this, a strong opinion yes, of this, this, this story. Yeah, yeah. It seems like lots of strong opinions. Like, I don't know how you make a movie about a classic cause they're just, what do you do if you try to make it more more accessible for a family crowd and you take some of the brutality out you you you're going to make somebody mad if you left it alone you would probably upset some people that way so it's a tough one to to figure out but yeah a lot of passion about this story yeah as you go into the reviews too i always kind of take a look at them um you know i'm going to go see it anyway right but um in this case, I think the Rotten Tomato reviews were reasonably good. In mm-hmm. the 60s, I think 60% you know, get that the positive tomato. The audience uh, reviews in the 90s. But the audience review, exi- sort like of like Skywalker. Right. It, almost the exact same kind of kind of level. 60s, you know, kind of some the critical mm-hmm. misses. But the public loves it, absolutely loves it. And I, I saw that. And I, I think when I left, just to give my—I thought it was—we loved it. My 11-year-old— said, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow. You know, he actually said he absolutely loved it. It was just a great ride. And I do think that the the steps they took to make it a little more family friendly, a little bit, like you said, I think brutal, the less than the brutality, mm-hmm. um, make it a little less dark, I think right. was, was probably a good move for me and, and my family, at least. Um, I, I know there's purists out there when you read reviews that aren't as happy with those sorts of things, but I don't know what they, what they want. You know, it's right. Disney, it's a, you know, PG well, a lot of the criticism, too, was that they used a lot of CGI, like in Lion King with animals, and some people were really critical. But you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't shoot that movie with live animals. It would be just impossible. Uh, you would get a much different 
type story. Right. And and, and re- one thing, the, the original book is from the it's from the dog's perspective. Yep, most of a, it. The book is so about you have, the dog. You have to figure out, okay, I mean, the book says Buck thought. Yeah. Buck felt like, I mean, you have to figure out a way, how am I going to translate that sure. for an audience that can't hear what the dog is thinking. You've got to change things around a little bit. And so a lot of, a lot of what the dog thinks Harrison Ford speaks. Right. I mean, you, you have a lot of things like that happening. I I did not find the CGI to be distracting and I'm someone that typically finds the CGI distracting. Okay. Um, So when I, when I watch a movie that's heavily CGI, it usually does bug me. It did not. I did not have a problem with it at all. I very quickly found myself just kind of leaned into it and going along that's, with it. That's what I did. It it was at first. I was like, oh, okay, I see what what they were talking about. But it, I kind of fell into it after a while. I just didn't notice it anymore. Well, and again, you you grow up with movies like you know with, with animals whether it's The Incredible Journey or Old Yeller or whatever, where they use real animals. Right. And and I do think that there is something to the storytelling that they're able to do with the CGI right. um, that conveys exactly what you thought in this book in particular. Well, like it, one, one, one thing I was, was thinking about, you know, they couldn't have done a scene like Buck breaking through the ice and rescuing someone with a real dog. There's right. just no way to, to do that. I mean, you'd have to use CJ, CJ, at least in part. Yeah, is this, should we give you like a spoiler alert? I'm not really sure. Well, like, that, I'm not telling any, I'm not years. telling any. And uh, actually that's if, one of the scenes that is different from the book. Yes. Um, very different. There, there are a few of that. And some of the critics too are like, right. well, but there are some pointed yeah. scenes that are different. And I thought that was an excellent, an excellent scene that I didn't really know what was going to, going to happen, how it was going to play right. out. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Like the, the CGI allowed them to do some things with right. it that we haven't seen before that probably wasn't even possible 10, 20 years ago. And I think there's been some misses on this movie too. I think there's been some attempts made at this movie before that just weren't very good. If I remember correctly, they're already forgettable to me. So, well, and the, the ending is completely. I mean, but uh, yeah, I try not to do spoilers, but uh, the ultimate ending is pretty traditional to the book. But the, you know, some the of the, some of the, yes, the way he gets there, a lot of that's very different. Right. And I, I, but but I much would argue, more, I would much, argue better. Yeah. Much more um, f- acceptable now, less offensive. I shouldn't say better because that sounds like you can't say this classic literary work, you know, they've improved upon it. But what I think they did well was keep the spirit of what the book was doing without, with something new that was a little easier for us to digest now. They had to, they had to narrow, narrow some characters down too. Right. And so you have to take, you know, they focus on a few, fewer characters and yeah. center the story around them. And some of the characters ha- have a little bit different dispositions than the book too. Right. If I, um, the, the postal, um, got guys, you know, are, are a little different and their, their interactions with the animals are different right. in the, the, the movie than they are in the book. And it's probably for the best, right? You know, you can only see so many like people being cruel to animals before you're just like wincing and like, get me out of here. I can't do this anymore. And I was really kind of hoping it wouldn't be like that, you know, going and having read the book. I, I really hope I don't have to sit here with my son, like just my stomach and knots because these terrible right. things are happening to these cute animals, you know? Right. And you definitely get to see enough of, uh, of Buck going through mistreatment. Right. I mean, if there had been any more, it would have been, too much for, you know, 
for, for the story. I mean, the book's about three hours long if you read it out loud. The movie's about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, they basically what they took out was a lot of the the hard mistreatment, sure. I mean, from the rest of the And the story. cinematography is incredible, too. Yeah. The landscapes, I don't know where they shot it, but, man, it was, it was beautiful, it's fantastic. Um, so rated out of five mouse ears. <laughs> I think I— I really, really surprisingly enjoyed it. Um, and why are you so, why do you say surprisingly? Did you not expect to enjoy it? Maybe because I saw a few reviews and it, it kind of made me think, uh, this is going to be average. It's going to be like a 50. And so then I went in. And so I thought, I think that it's getting 60s from critics, but I would definitely be up higher with the public on this one. I thought it was very good. It felt like vintage a vintage Disney story. It felt like something that Walt would have made. That's it. I completely kind agree. of the feel that it had. It was like a classic story. It's not, uh, everything's not perfect. Life is hard. Uh, but you just, you, you grow and you press on and you keep, keep on in the journey. And that's, that's what it felt like was uh, a classic Disney movie from the past, but, but new at the same time. Totally agree. Now, but so out of five, would you, if you were going to give it a score? I would, out of five, I would probably give it a four. Okay. I think it was a little bit better than three. Yeah. You know, I would probably agree with you. I was going to say four, maybe if we're going to go 4.1, 4.2, you know, if we're going to do that kind of thing. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Is that cheating? I don't know. But, um, but I completely agree. I, I thought it was great. I completely, the, the um, analogy you just made to kind of classic Disney movies, I honestly felt like I was watching going a movie I'd been to the video store to rent a VHS tape with the little white boxes. <laughs> you know, you have all the, you know, Angela Lansbury sitting there, there's Tron, there's all these things. Um, I can't, there's all sorts of movies in the wild with animal old yeller, all oh, yeah. of these, these classic movies that, um, it, it did. It reminded me of, of the, those movies and the, that kind of storytelling. And I also thought it was interesting. I don't know if you knew this, but as I was reading a little bit before, but you know, that was a Fox movie that when Disney bought, Fox, it came over and they converted it to a Walt Disney okay. film. Right. And so I think some of the storytelling and all that it was was influenced from what I understand by Disney. Okay. Once it kind of came over. And um I, you it, it feels like Disney. It yeah. really does. And I would I would I would watch it again. I look forward to watching it again. Yeah, I actually. do too. In fact, after after uh today I was thinking about it when I was trying to remember there were several things that I wasn't really quite sure of that I like I want to go back and see again. Well, and I think another testament to um, the film, this film, this is what we're talking about, The Call of the Wild, the, where it hit, I think, for me, the stride of, of the, the spirit of the, the original book is my 11-year-old, when we leave, he says, Dad, can we go camping sometime? Can we go out on an adventure like that? Wouldn't it be awesome to go out? Do you know how to, he asked me, do you know how to fish? Cause I'm, we're not, I'm not really in it. I don't know outdoors. <laughs> it's kind of funny that he asked me that. I was like, yeah, I've fished before. So we could catch our own. And my, my 11 year old for the you know video game playing indoor, you know, not, we're not outdoorsy at all. We're not campers. I don't think my kids have ever been camping because that's just not what I do. And it inspired him and kind of stirred that within him. Like that would be awesome. Just hey, to that's go out great. In the middle of nowhere. So that's what, and that's what I think the book did for so many people. Jack London. Would Jack be. London. Yeah. <laughs> it accomplished. So the fact that the film and my, my son's not read the book yet. Um, usually I make my kids read um, the story before we let them watch the movie. 
but he wants to, he can't wait to read the book. Like he's excited about that. And so I think that they accomplished that, you know, mission accomplished for them. And, and I think it was fantastic. And I, I, like I said, I can't wait to see it again. And I hope it continues being a huge success. So they make, they make more adaptations of these things. I think we could try, I could, I could talk about it much longer, but it's hard to do it without spoilers. Maybe we'll come back at another point. Maybe we do like a spoiler edition. (laughs) Um, I I completely like, we don't want to, it's too early now. We'll give you a a, course. I don't know. It's a hundred year old book. It's not like you don't know. I mean, you may not know. We don't you want to do that know. to you. And if you're like, a, if you're listening from another country and it hasn't opened in your country yet, we don't want to like do that to you either. So I know there's some people that that happens from time to time, but either way, it was great. Go check it out. We think you'll love it. Um, I, we both give it four mouse ears ourselves. Yeah. 4.1 for me, but, <laughs> but it's great. I'm going to stick with four. I, right. I thought it was very, very, very good. I like the point one because it gives you like, it, you're on like a 50 point scale. You force it on a 50 point scale. <laughs> Using more nuance, you know, it's kind of cheating. What would you bit. think of Harrison Ford? I I thought he did great. Yeah, I I think he he's kind of made for that role. Um, he's getting older. It, it fit. I thought he fit. But right. it was it was in a lot of ways that same kind of grumpy. It's, it is Harrison Ford type character that you expect. So whoever's making this movie is like he reads the book. And like, this sounds like Harrison Ford to me. I mean, he's <laughs> very typecast. And the, I would say okay, if I was going to give it a bit of criticism, I thought. The bad guy was a little bit um, not developed enough. Do you know what I'm saying? But he has such a small part very in the book. It, true, but comparatively. you never feel like where it ha- ends the main... Um, of course, it's about the dog. It's not right. really about the conflict between the, the guys and what's happening. It's kind of... Si- I get that. Um, the main thing in the book about the, the bad guy, his name is Hal, and is to... Uh, traveling companions, Charles mm-hmm. and Mercedes, I think it is, th- is that they're totally out of place. They don't yeah. belong in the wilderness. They've come there. They don't belong. They don't fit in. And so I think they're they're a little over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I even think that the book refers to his his uh, his curly mustache that, that he has in the movie. I think even the book mentions that. Well, I think so they definitely hit that part that as far as the type of characters they right. were. I just I felt like they were kind of in and out. Really right. fast. And well, I think I think in a story like Call of Wild is it's it's kind of episodic. Yeah, it's this this stage of Buck's life. Then he goes. Then he's with this master. Then he's so it's it, he's constantly shifting through different sure. parts of the stories instead of just one one group of characters throughout the whole movie. He's he's around a lot of different people his whole life. So right. it's it's hard to develop that. I I, did, I totally agree with you though. If I had if if You've got a villain that really doesn't have enough screen time for it to all almost work. I, w- I would have liked to have had a little backstory on them, but it wouldn't have made sense because it's all from the dog's perspective, and that's he w- he wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's stuff. a great point. You know, to remind yourself of that. Yeah, I mean, this is about a dog that's experiencing humans and the wild and step by step. So backstory is not something you really know a lot about. Well, this is fun. I like opening weekends for movies. We should do this again. What's the next one? Onward. Onward. When is that? Like a few weeks? Six. So that is a few weeks down the road. Right not, up. Not far at Two all. weeks. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it. Looks great. All right. Unless I'm we're going to go like, that. or unless we're going to go to Orlando, uh, Mickey's Runaway Railroad is the fourth. I wish, <laughs> man. I wish. I wish too. If somebody would sponsor that trip. We would be down there and give you a full report. Um, so that that opens the fourth. There's there's some Disney news right there. Let's continue on with some. Disney yeah, they've news. Uh, they've uh, they've have um, cast members have been writing it, and so they've been getting things together. Yeah, 
March 4th. Have you heard anything about it? Like any cast members spilling the beans on Is It Awesome? You know, that was, I'll be honest, that was, I I saw a couple of videos of cast members and nobody said, this is the most amazing ride I've ever ridden. So I was kind of like, hmm, I'm still think it's, I still think it's going to be great. But I was surprised that there wasn't a little bit more. This is the best ride ever. Interesting. Comments out there. We'll be out soon. I'm sure we'll have plenty of reports very soon. Very soon. In fact, I just saw today there were already people reporting on Onward that are getting to see Onward. You know, the press is seeing Onward, and so reviews are starting to come out. I saw several podcasts, you know, talk about that. Well, Disney bloggers never let us down. It's coming. So, (laughs) yeah. We're we're more the casual weekly type, not the daily. We are not invited into the— We don't run around with our cameras filming ourselves. We would— we but would if I lived closer. We still have, we still have other other jobs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which we love, and we've been. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm grateful that there are people that get those opportunities to go in and tell us, you know, what to expect. It's good. Like, likewise, um, I saw that Epcot is now fully immersed in their new logo. It's not necessarily a new logo. Well, it is a new logo, but they've been introducing it for a while. But I think some of the signage is now changed out, and they're officially to the all cap. Yes, Epcot still called Epcot. Just all caps. I saw uh, several uh, vlogs and uh, about all the signage and all the new things. And when we were there in January, it was very hard to figure out, like, which way do I go? I mean, I, I actually even wrote that in some of my notes before I left there. It's like, man, where's the, where are the signs telling you where to go? So a lot of that stuff has been changed, and they're 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 rapidly working away and getting things uh, posted. Awesome. It was amazing how much I saw this week or the last week about the paint, the castle getting new paint. Oh, yeah. It was almost kind of comical. It was like to everywhere. Me. And I don't know if that's Disney news and it's just, you're, it's a slow time. So everybody's got to talk about it. But like everything that comes down the Twitter pipe, like, look at the new, what do you think of the new castle colors? It's going to have some pink in it, some, some blue. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. I'm, I'm good. But it was just kind of surprising to me, like how, uh, how man, people get jazzed, like really jazzed about the new new cut. Ca- everybody, cars. everybody has a reason they love Disney. It's yeah. it's kind of amazing. It, it, and the mock-ups, is it they already finished it, or are they going? To it will. It'll it'll take place during the summer. Okay. Is it the, throughout? I, I mean, into the cool. summer they'll be painting. Shimmer a little, a little nice, more nice. Probably, I mean, it's, and a lot of people are saying it's probably one step towards what they'll do for the 25th anniversary. So it's probably part of the next phase of whatever they're doing too. Okay. Um, there are some things coming to Disney plus, of course the series, you know, are as we're in the middle of those are still going, but black Panther will be on this. Um, I guess it's its introduction first of right. March. Um, new season of big hero six. Um, a couple other things that we saw. Nothing huge. No, no Mandalorian updates. Not still in the fall. But I did watch it again this week. Did believe you? it or not, I watched five episodes with my wife. This was the first time she's watched it. What did she, she think? Uh, she really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, she did. Um, I, so uh, we uh, the first time she was busy and I I couldn't wait. So I watched it. My son watched it, but she has not seen it. So it was fun going back and watching it again and see, catching things that I missed the first time. That's really good. But in, in that vein, too, so it was interesting. I think Disney Plus was actually the one that tweeted this out. We got, in the past week, an official Star Wars timeline. Okay. And what that means is, like, there's been, you know, always a confusion of when does this happen? You know, you got the Clone Wars series. Where where does this happen in the in the whole scale of, of the Star Wars universe? And the biggest question is because The Mandalorian came out because we kind of thought we knew, but then with The Child— 
it's right. sort of like, wait a second, when is this? When is it? it made ever and some of the bounty hunters and things like that, not everybody was sure about when or what. And now we have this definitive timeline that actually we um, Disney Plus tweeted out. We'll retweet it if you want to find see this graphic yourself um, that talks about how the Phantom Menace leads into the um, Attack of the Clones, which right after that is the Clone Wars cartoon series. Right after that is is Revenge of the Sith, which is where Anakin turns to Darth Vader. Um, After that, you get um, Rogue One, um, Rebels, and Rogue One right into A New Hope. Where's Han Solo in there? Han Solo, I'm sorry, is right after uh, Attack of the Clones too, right? So the Solo standalone movie is before Rogue One. Rogue One... Uh, I'm doing this by memory. I have my notes over there. I don't know. So I'm. You're doing good. All right. Then Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Um, right after Return of the Jedi is. I'm sorry. Did I say the Rebels cartoon series? That. Okay. I think so. Good. Um, so right after Return of the Jedi would be The Mandalorian. Right. Um, so before The Force Awakens. So that, that, if anybody thinks that's Baby Yoda, you know, and, and it looks like Yoda, it's not baby Yoda, unless Yoda was maybe reincarnated or something like that. I guess there's possibilities, but, um, actually 50 years old from 20 to 30 years after return of the Jedi could get you to the timeline. Uh, that's, that's (laughs) no, we're not, but either way that's shows us where we're at in the timeline. And then you have the force awakens, of course, and you have, um, the last Jedi, the rise of Skywalker, and there's our star Wars timeline, everyone. So I thought that was interesting. We'll tweet that out if you'd like to see that yourself and, and print it out and put it on your wall so you're never confused again. Because I think that I thought that it's was It's like really trying to put the Marvel, all the Marvel movies and TV shows all in order. Yeah. Have you ever seen those lists? And they, they don't always agree. Different fans have different. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do for that. Right. Because yeah. some will be watch this movie, watch this show, these episodes, then go back to this movie, then watch. We've been what we've watched quite a bit of The Shield. We're kind of in series. I think in the third season, we never watched, we never saw shield the first time. Okay. So we're trying to catch this good series. I, I've never watched the shield. We really liked it. My wife really loves Marvel. So okay. I can get her to watch just about anything Marvel with me. Right. So when the last few Marvel movies came out with in game and all that, we were trying to, we were trying to do it all before, but it was, it was too much. <laughs> always more than it always takes more time than I think it's going to take. Just give us more things to watch. Right. Yeah. So we are working through that too. Have, we we, we got to pick, pick back up on that once we get through Mandalorian. Back to Shield, maybe. Back to Shield. Well, have you watched anything else on Disney Plus this week? Or, you know, we um, we we uh, not not being critical at all. We we started uh, Future President. Yeah. It just was uh, with not really any. Our, all of our kids are older. It just felt like it was a little more designed for. Young families, we young with girls that age. We we kind of watched about halfway, and we let's let's check out some other things. One thing we really did enjoy was that Marvel's Hero Project. Okay, man, that was that was really powerful. Explain that. Like, it's uh, Marvel uh, comes along beside someone who is uh, a young person. One one I think she was probably in high school, maybe early high school. One the, the second episode is a, an eleven year old. The third year old. The third episode is a high school student, and uh, who are who are making an impact in their community. Either the first episode was about a young girl who's. Uh, you know, an advocate for accessibility and just for people who have challenges and 
and she was missing part of her arm. Uh, the second uh, episode is about this young kid who is fighting for uh, kids who have been through abuse. And so Marvel hears about these kids and goes along, along beside them and does a comic based on their story. And so it all builds up and it's always in each episode. It's a, it's a surprise to the kid at the end, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a good cool. documentary. I it yet. I it, it, it really surprised me how I was like, man, I did not know I, I, this was this, this kind of thing. I just thought, really wasn't sure what it was. And then I saw that all these episodes were coming out in March. I thought, I'm going to check that out. And it's like, this is really good. Much better than some of the comedy things that I've seen them put out lately. So really loved it. And uh, yeah, Dude, awesome. one of our favorite things. I'll have to check, put that on my list to check out. Yeah. Haven't done it yet. So I don't have anything left to, that really interested me enough to talk about. Okay. They're delaying Rogue One, the series for Disney Plus a little bit. Okay. Um, don't really know why, but it's like, the Kenobi series is delayed. Rogue One's <laughs> delayed. Come on, get us some Star Wars series on Disney Plus. Yes, I need it. We can't. I, I, I was really hoping we'd at least get something before we had to wait for all the way to Mandalorian to come back in the I fall. I know. I know. It's a long way. I, I I will say, I don't think it's a bad thing for for. for it's a bad thing for us because we want something great, but it's probably not a bad thing for the Star Wars series. They're all riding a high note, you know, with the movie. The Mandalorian's been a hit. What they don't want to do is wear people out on it and have something that's not great. I totally understand. So I'd rather it be great than not, but I am ready for something else. Hey, speaking of Mandalorian one more time, and, and we've talked about Rotten Tomatoes in this episode and on previous episode that on Rotten Tomatoes best of the year, they gave TV show to Mandalorian. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah. It had the highest ranking of a TV show of the there, year. I don't know of one better. I mean, I, we, I watch a lot of... I try to watch a lot of at least the bigger name things that come out and get good reviews. I try to check all of them out. And I'm, yeah, I'm a Disney fan. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. But Mandalorian is just great TV. Well, before we wrap up, we talked a little bit about your year of Disney Challenge. You want to? I'd love to hear. You're in the 30s now. In the 30s, black and white. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how many. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse in black and white cartoons. How many, are, how many would you estimate you've watched now? Uh, well, I've, I've, you know, I'm through the 20, all the, all the ones from 28, 29 and 30. I'm into 1931, 32, the, that era now. So it's a lot. And I've, you know, started watching their silly symphonies. Uh, as he had Mickey Mouse going, he decides, uh, he had a good friend, uh, Carl Stallings, who was a mu musician and who said, we ought to do a series just based on music. Carl Stallings is going to end up going on to Looney Tunes and, and Merry Melodies. But uh, he works for Disney for a while, and uh, they came up with this idea for let's take a, a well-known piece of music and we'll animate around the music instead of doing it the other, other way. And so they come up. The first one is pretty well-known called The Skeleton Dance. You've seen clips of it and probably lots of things. Uh, then then they do s way more in black and white than I ever realized. So watching a lot of those, again, it's all kind of very beginning kind of stuff. But it's amazing, you know, I've been watching all the animation that Disney created since the early 20s, and I'm at, in the early 30s now. And so it's amazing to see how much changed. And so even in the 30s when it looks... It looks old to us, but it was 10 years advanced from what they were doing before. So pretty amazing to see that. Is Walt still animating this? He's not. And, uh, you know, most of these will say, most of the early Mickey Mouse cartoons will say a Walt Disney comic 
and then it will give credit to uh, Byworks as 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 the animator, and then it will, and then in the Silly Symphonies, it'll say uh, uh, Byworks and Carl Stallings as the musician, but it'll say, still say a Walt Disney comic. But he's not taking any credit for the for the drawing of anything. He really stopped that um, way early on in the in the other in the other series before he, so he's not really done any of Mickey. Interesting. Do you think he had, was involved in any of the creative um, process of these things or is it more now he's the businessman? Well, he, he definitely, as he gets better artists, he, he goes into more the leadership role and more of a, uh, a mentor and a incredible story man and a really good idea person though he he could solve lots of story problems and did a lot of that but left the drawing to people who were better at it when he had more people and Ub Iwerks who was the original animator for Mickey Mouse he was you know the one that he really trained a lot of the other animators at that time so everybody mm-hmm. looked up to him incredibly fast artist and very excellent animator and he did uh, like some of the early Mickey Mouse cartoons he did them all by himself Um, probably did most of the first Silly Symphony the skeleton dances so well so uh, yeah he definitely starts moving towards more the leader and the inspiration behind everything um, more than he was doing the drawing do you have a favorite of these Silly Symphonies and these older Cartoons. Well, you know, no, not of these, not of the silly. The skeleton dance is pretty amazing when you think this is the first of anything like this. It's just skeletons dancing in the graveyard, and it's it's just a short little. But for its time, you know, was was pretty amazing to think. I have been uh, again. We've, I talked about this in the last one. Just watching Mickey progress uh, from this little mischievous character uh, into you start seeing his his the the Mickey that you know. Eventually, you start seeing it little by little. But there are some. Uh, so there have been a few. F- of the films where he sings and it doesn't sound anything like him. And so uh, I was really surprised. I had had not heard that voice. Uh, Then uh, just saw one uh, recently. I think it was called Mickey's Choo Choo. It was probably from the late twenties and probably around 29. And you can tell Mickey's singing. I've been working on the railroad. You can tell it's Walt doing the voice and that's like oh i really hear that and some of the others it was harder to tell i know i know he did it in steamboat willie and some of those but you 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 lose him in some of them you don't quite hear it but now in the 20s you can really tell it's him interesting yeah so you're getting through those have you read anything anything new well i'm working my way through uh uh, a biography by neil gabler called walt disney the triumph of the american imagination okay and uh, I've read it before. It's been a while, so I'm rereading it again, and it's a it's a challenge. It, it's it's incredibly comprehensive because he based it on so much of of the archives. He was the, one of the, I guess, was the first biographer who's been given complete access to the archives. So he read just memos from story meetings, memos from I mean, just every kind of. Anything Walt said, he's read it, and he and uh, I've seen. I watched actually watched a couple of interviews that he did that I found online about the process of writing it. But he does a lot of. I mean, right from the very beginning of the book, he does a lot of editorializing, where he uh, kind of really delves into Walt's inner motivations why Walt did what he did and so I'm a little skeptical because uh Diane Disney Miller Walt's daughter 
disliked the book very much before she passed away. Several other Disney and art and animation historians have disliked it for several reasons. Uh, some say it's inaccurate in places, but a lot of the, it's hard to pinpoint somebody's inner motivations, why yeah. they do something when you've never met them, even if you've got the whole archives. So I'm a little suspect. Sometimes he's, it's, I'm not so sure that he's, He's on, but I mean, that's, everybody's got their opinion, but uh, it's still got a lot of great information. It still tells the full story from the beginning to the end. The, the audiobook's like 33 hours. Oh my goodness. It is a very long book. Okay. Very long book. So, but again, it, I was looking for some more things that were about Walt during this time that I'm, that I'm of the movies that I'm watching. So I'm kind of reading it, rereading that same era. And so I may switch. I don't know if I'll finish the whole book because I've read it before. I may, uh, there's a couple other autobiographies, a couple, keep wanting to say autobiography, a couple other biographies that I'm interested in that I may just kind of keep going back and forth and reading about this, these early years that I'm on. Good deal. Yeah. Well, can't wait to hear more about that. And it's pretty it always- fascinating. If you've never watched any of these old car- uh, cartoons, you should check them out. They're they're really interesting. Where can you, where can you find well, them? Well, a lot of things are on YouTube. They're There's probably not supposed to be, but they are. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot of—I don't think any of the Mickey stuff has gone public domain. I don't think. But a lot of people post everything like it has. Okay. So a lot of the shorts, you can find a lot of the Silly Symphonies if you just— put them in your search engine you can watch them and if you want i mean there's several lists out there like if you just if you google disney shorts list uh like on wikipedia there's lots of things that will give you a complete list of all the shorts in the order that they were made and you can watch them right through like i'm doing awesome i might check a couple out this week just to get the get the feel of it all right um but we should probably wrap it up yeah um, again, another great episode. Excited about Call of the Wild. Excited about Onward. Onward coming out. In Mulan. A couple weeks. We'll do that. Mulan. Hey, I t- I, in fact, uh, I took a picture. I was gonna, I was gonna text you, but when and in, in the theater, I went and saw Call of the Wild, a huge display for Mulan coming. So I think I saw an extended trailer also, actually in front of Knives Out. Okay. Um, so when we saw that, I, I, it was the longest trailer I'd seen yet for Mulan. And maybe I missed it. Maybe it's been out there. But, man, I just got me really excited to see that. It looks like it's going to be fantastic. Yep, so coming soon. Coming right down the pike. We're excited about that. But until then, until next week, when we have a few more things to talk about, we're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And um, we look at the numbers and the people that have downloaded the podcast thus far and honestly, just a couple of Disney fans talking about Disney. It's very encouraging. Um, thank you for um, for the feedback we've gotten. Thank you for touching base with us. Again, you can do that at whyilovedisney.com or on our Twitter account at whyilovedisney1. Um, send us what you think. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. Let us know why you love Disney. And in addition, if you like the podcast and you're enjoying the podcast, it would really help us out a lot if you would hit the follow button or the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to. On Spotify, it's a follow button. On Overcast and and, I, and, pod, and Apple Podcast and iTunes, it's a subscribe button. If you would hit that, and then if it's possible for you to leave a review, leave us a review, and that is always super helpful as well. And maybe tell a friend about it as well, also. So thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. We take it very seriously. And man, we could not thank you enough for for being here with us this week and week after week. And if we can ever serve you, please let us know. Um, Thank you so much, David. Great. Enjoyed it. Until next time. 